You're listening to All About Agriculture with Rory Lewandowski, presented by OSU Extension in Wayne County, Ohio. Well, a very good morning and welcome to our behind-the-scenes interview this morning with Rory Lewandowski here on Worcester Radio. Rory joins us uh, several times a month uh, talking about agricultural issues, and today we're going to be talking with Rory about considerations to produce high-quality storage or stored forage, I should say. So, Rory, as I delve into it, a very good morning to you. For the dairy producer, feeding cows a high-quality forage can obviously result in better milk production, reduced feed cost, and more ration flexibility. The 2018 forage harvest season underway. So on today's show, again, we're going to be talking about some factors and management practices to increase stored forage quality. To begin with, can you just talk about some of the factors that affect forage quality? Sure. Well, Bill Weiss, uh, an Ohio State University dairy nutritionist located here at OARDC, uh, says there are three laws of of forage harvesting. And and number one is you can't win. Number two is you can't break even. And number three is you can only lose. Those are those are three really bad rules. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't sound good. Uh, So actually, what we want to do, we want to think about. So how do we improve store forage quality? It's really about then managing and minimizing those losses because it's kind of a loss all the way around here. So stored forage quality is dependent upon understanding and then managing both biological and production system factors. Uh, Those biological factors are for the most part plant related and they include things like forage maturity, uh, species of forage, the impact of drying time on plant respiration and, and even variety differences. Uh, The other major biological factor is environment, and with regard to forage quality, obviously rain events are are a concern. And then those production system factors refer to quality losses that happen between mowing and preparing that forage for harvest. Uh, And then we get into the actual harvest and storage system itself and how they affect forage quality. Roy, let's talk in more detail about some of the biological factors and how they might be managed to achieve higher forage quality. You know, I understand that As a plant gets more mature, quality is going to decrease. And I get the fact that rain and forage harvesting are not a good combination. But what's the most important factor, you know, above all else that affects forage quality? Well, forage maturity, uh, and in particular for our first quality harvest uh, now here during May, uh, it's the number one determinant of forage quality. Uh, Once that forage plant moves into reproductive growth stage, uh, getting beyond bud formation and legumes, beyond boot stage and grasses, uh, there's a significant decline in quality for each day that harvest is delayed. Research suggests that on average, uh, relative feed value or relative feed quality, one of those measures that uh, overall measures that we use, uh, those values declines about four points per day. Uh, Rates of decline are not as steep in July and August, so this really first cutting is really critical. Uh, The point here is that there's a narrow window of opportunity during spring and early summer harvest for the dairy producer to make high-quality forage. So observation and monitoring are important to time that harvest. Once the forage plant is cut, then the priority becomes to dry it down to an acceptable harvest moisture as soon as possible. You know, my guess is that the goal of quick dry down is to avoid the possibility of damage by rain. Is that correct? Or is there more to it than simply just avoiding the rain? You know, what management practices also, Rory, if I can, you know, throw on another question, help forage dry down 
maybe a little bit quicker? Yeah, those are good questions. And certainly uh, rainfall can greatly decrease forage quality, now, no doubt about it. Uh, the loss to rainfall uh, really depends upon both the amount of rainfall we're going to get and then the timing of that rainfall event in relation to how soon after mowing this has occurred. So research has demonstrated, uh, for example, that a one-inch rainfall on a forage that's close to being ready to bale in a dry hay system, that can cause dry matter losses of 8 to 17 percent. Uh, they can also uh, result in NDF, so that's your fiber content, increasing 6 percent and your TDN or energy value decreasing 7%. Now that same rainfall, uh, if it occurs just a few hours after cutting, is going to have a far less detrimental impact. The other important reason I want forage to dry down fast is really to reduce respiration losses. So after that plant is cut, uh, it still acts like a living plant. It continues to respire at a fairly significantly high rate until that forage moisture falls below about 60%. Uh, then it tails off, uh, gets very low until really quits at about 40. But we want to get it down to 60 uh, as quick as possible. So respiration is essentially the loss of starch and sugar. Those are both 100% digestible. So uh, some of the really good stuff in forages we're losing quick. Average dry matter losses due to plant respiration after cutting are about 4 to 5%, but they can be as high as 8% in some situations. Now, according to Dan Undersander, uh, 4-H extension forage specialist at the University of Wisconsin. A 4% loss in starch and sugar raises your NDF fiber content by 3% and results in a drop of almost 20 points on the relative forage quality or RFQ scale. We're joined again in studio today from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County by Rory Levandusky. And, and Rory, what management practices are recommended to achieve more rapid dry down of forage to minimize those respiration losses and, and also allow forage to be harvested sooner. Also, does time of day when forage is mowed have any kind of effect or, or does it not? Yeah, those are, again, good questions. So the actual, the starch and sugar content of plants, it does increase through the day as the plants photosynthesize. Uh, so, you know, it would just seem to make sense. Well, cut forages later in the day. I'm going to maximize those really highly digestible components of starch and sugars. Uh, however, the other kicker in here is that drying time. So drying time is even more important of a consideration because of that respiration where plants burn up those starches and sugars. So here in Ohio, plant dry down declines significantly in the evenings and overnight period. That allows the plant to continue to respire and we actually have more quality loss by the increased plant respiration time. Now out west it's a different story. Uh, they can get drying through the night so cutting in the later afternoon makes sense. But again in our climate here in Ohio uh, that, that doesn't work out. So the wiser choice for our climate is to mow earlier in the day to maximize plant dry down conditions. Again drop that forage below 60% moisture before evening. And that's best achieved by spreading the forage out in a wide swath. Uh, we think about uh, 60 to 80 or 85 percent of the cutter bar width. Uh, making sure that our conditioners are properly adjusted will also help increase that drying rate. And uh, that's especially important in dry hay production. Rory, another plant factor you mentioned earlier that could affect forage quality was variety. Can you explain that and how exactly variety can affect forage quality? Yeah, well, there are varieties within forage species. Orchard grass would be a good example uh, that are categorized as either early, mid, or late maturing. So because forage maturity, again, is that most important factor driving forage quality, 
Selecting a variety that matches your harvest production system can help to improve forage quality. So if you're going to get start later, uh, you want a later heading, a later maturing variety. Now in alfalfa, uh, we've had some recent developments of low lignin varieties and they oper offer some opportunities to delay harvest and still maintain high quality. So that's been, that's really kind of a game changer. Uh, research by Mark Schultz, our OSU Extension Forage Specialist, indicates that for a given forage quality level, uh, for example, let's say uh, we aim at 38 to 40 percent NDF, low lignin alfalfa varieties then can be harvested 7 to 10 days later than a conventional variety and still have that same forage quality. On our next program, we're going to discover and uh, talk about dry hay production, forage silage and baleage or wrapped hay production as they relate to stored uh, forage quality. So we're going to kind of continue our discussion next week with Roy. Hope you guys will stay tuned for that and tune us in next week at this same time. But in the meantime, Rory, if anyone has any questions about anything that we discussed today or more details, again, explain what they should do. Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office. That phone number is 330-264-8722. I can answer their questions, uh, or if, if they want, I can provide them with copies of some of the reference materials that were used in this discussion. All right, once again, our guest in studio, Rory Lewandowski from the OSU Extension Office here on Worcester Radio. Much more to get to as we move on through the morning. Hope you'll stay tuned. Uh, Rory, as always, appreciate the time. Thank you, Ron.